0: Coming to AER, I was always in, in education, so I had to remember that AER was the Associates for Education and Rehabilitation mm-hmm. yeah. of the blind and visually impaired. Let me make sure that in whatever we're doing, we consider rehabilitation professionals as well, making sure that both sides get equal uh, involvement uh, with AER.
1: From the Outreach Department at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired in Austin, Texas, this is A Sense of Texas. Here is your host, Emily Coleman.
2: Welcome to A Sense of Texas. I'm Emily Coleman. When I became a teacher of students with visual impairment, I was introduced to the professional organization, AER, which is the acronym used for the Association for Education and Rehabilitation of the Blind and Visually Impaired. Through AER, I was able to meet many folks and network in ways that were so beneficial to my students. One of those folks that always stood out and inspired me was Lou Tut. Lou's retirement from his position as Executive Director of AER is official as of January, 2019. And before he considers avoiding my calls, I had to get him on our show. For your daily dose of inspiration, here is Mr. Lou Tut. Um, would you mind sharing with us the variety of roles you've held within your career and where? And I know you've worked in many states, but I'm not sure all our listeners know that.
0: So my, my first job uh, was a phys ed teacher, or back then we called it a motor skills teacher, of 35 uh, deafblind children, ages 5 through about 13, whose moms had rubella. Okay. And Michigan had the third highest uh, census of rubella babies in California and uh, Texas, and so uh, my first job was at the Michigan School for the Blind in 1971 as a motor skills teacher. I was there for for ten years, uh, uh, four as a teacher. I I taught deaf-blind youngsters for two or three years and then became a teacher of students with multiple disabilities at the upper school level at the school. And uh, then became an assistant principal at the school and finished up as principal. Mm-hmm. So I worked uh, there at Michigan from 1971 to 1981. And from there, I went to the Missouri School for the Blind in St. Louis as superintendent okay. and was there for, for nine years. Oh. And it seemed as though I was traveling the states that begin with the letter M. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Michigan, Missouri, and then... Uh, I left uh, the Missouri School in 1990 and went to the Maryland School for the Blind as oh. president and CEO and was there for, for 13 years wow. uh, at, at the Maryland School. So at the Maryland School, I, I uh, retired in, in 2003. I thought I retired in yeah. 2003. <laughs> my Yeah, I tried. My daughter, my oldest daughter, uh, had moved to Colorado Springs and she got married in 2002, and her husband had a business in Colorado Springs. So she said, Dad, why don't you consider coming out here and, and living in Colorado Springs? So I thought, well, I'll, I'll consider that. Well, at the same time, the principal at the Colorado School for the Deaf and the Blind was retiring. Okay. I knew him, yeah. and he said, Lou, why don't you unretire and consider coming out to Colorado and, uh, uh, maybe interview for this principalship job. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, maybe that's not a bad idea. I'd always thought about working on a dual campus, okay. deaf and blind, never yeah. had done that. And I heard these stories, these myths about dual yeah. schools and, and uh, what it was like for the school for the blind on those campuses. So I thought, well, uh, my daughter's in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll try to see if I uh, am good enough to be hired. And I was. Yeah. And so I unretired and took the job as principal out at the Colorado School for the Deaf and Blind as the School for the Blind principal. Mm -hmm. And so I was there for for eight years uh, at at Colorado. And then in 2010, I got a call from a couple of friends in the field saying, Lou, uh, the AER job is opening up. Why don't you consider applying for that? And I thought, no, I've been a member of AER for you know, a number of years, yeah. never ran a membership association. But when you your colleagues honor you and think that you might do well in a position, yeah. I thought in order to honor them back, go ahead and apply. So I did, I applied for it and uh, long story short, <laughs> they offered the job to yeah. me. And it wasn't one of those things that if they offered, I needed to think about it, I knew yeah. I was gonna say yes. Yeah. And so in April of 2011, I came to uh, AER as this um, executive director and uh, seven years. And now yeah. I'm, uh, it's, it's, it's time for me to retire. For real? Yeah, for, for real, <laughs> for real this time.
2: So in all of your work, um, what's made you feel the most accomplished? Or how do you think you've made the biggest difference in our field?
0: Well, that's a, that's a good question. I would say for me... The, the effort to collaborate with, with, with others. Uh, because we, no one person can do it by himself or herself. Yeah. And, uh, and and I was learning about the field and learning who those individuals were before me uh, and how to be in touch with them and how to work with them to help me do a better job. So I think what I've tried to do over the years is, is to really uh, highlight the, the opinions of others, mm-hmm. regardless of their position. Yeah. So collaboration is big for me, it really is. It's not just one of those words you throw out there, but if you live it, you mean you, that means you work with everyone who's involved in the organization uh, to help make a good decision uh, about uh, things that you're looking to do at present and in the future.
2: So as, um, speaking of collaboration, as Executive Director of AER you um, work with people in the education sector but also as adults, like across the spectrum. Is that challenging to kind of have a hand within both those populations and those professionals?
0: Uh, Yes, it is challenging and and for me, coming to AER, I was always in in education, never on on the rehabilitation side, Mm -hmm. so I had to remember that AER was the Association for Education and Rehabilitation Mm -hmm. of the Blind and Visually Impaired. So I had to really uh, uh, throw myself in to working with those AER members uh, on the board uh, and members who were on the rehab side and learn more about what that means. Because I remember when, when AER was established in 1984, it, it was established by two separate organizations coming together, Education, AVH, which I was a part of, and then AWB and some others. And those heads got together and they thought, it's time to to uh, combine. And, and there were thoughts about uh, the combination of both. And I think there were many on the rehab side that thought, well, rehab's going to lose out. Uh, and, and, I, and I remember that very clearly when I became an AER and thought, yeah, let me not forget that. Let me make sure that in whatever we're doing, we consider rehabilitation professionals as well. And that's been very helpful. That's been the big learning part for me yeah, yeah. Uh, as, as, a, as the director of AER, making sure that both sides get equal uh, involvement
2: so how do you think AER is different from other pro, uh, professional organizations and why do you think it's important to be a member?
0: Well, I think three, three reasons. One, uh, AER is, is our, our only professional association in the field of blindness. Uh, when you talk about other organizations, you have the consumer groups, of course, yeah. but we're the only professionals and, 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 and that's one. And number two, our members are our members who are blind, vision impaired, and sighted. You have have that combination of individuals uh, who are members of, of AER. And then I think uh, because you know our mission in, uh, is to serve these professionals, give them what they need by way of conferences, webinars, telecentry, seminars, books, manuscripts. To do the job they have in working with their students, uh, their clients, uh, those individuals uh, within the profession that they are, we we need to make sure we balance that. But AER is an is an association and has has all of it's like a conglomerate. Yeah. it has all of the professionals who are involved. Uh, in the education and rehabilitation mm-hmm. of persons who are blind and visually impaired, from babies yeah. to seniors to to uh, uh, military individuals, uh, it, it has it all. Yeah. And, and and I think that's what makes uh, AR unique. And when I think about you know the the, the AR board uh, of eighteen members, uh, again, there it's important to make sure when the board is transitioning or changing that that you have a balance of board members who come from those areas yeah. to yeah. make them your board. So then your board also uh, is a board that uh, has individuals from different professions on it as well. And as the board meets and, and looks at decisions AR should make that education is not left out, rehabilitation is not left out, and whoever comprises uh the professionals in in those two fields they come together and make decisions you know for the right reasons right
2: so um when we first met i was on the board of the pacific northwest aer and um as president-elect and you always called me whenever i saw you madam president-elect or madam president And just your recognition of my role um, made me, kind of inspired me to be a better leader for my chapter. So why do you think it's important to inspire leadership in in others?
0: Well, I I think back uh, to when I received that call from two of my friends, uh, uh, it was on my birthday, matter of fact, in 2010 when I got the call, happy birthday call, and then Lou, why don't you consider applying for the AER job? And, 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 and that's stuck with me, you know, uh, uh, when I came to AER that my, my, my uh, theme or motto, yeah. as I told the board in my interview, <clears throat> is the three R's, to recruit, mm-hmm. to retain, and then regain those members who are lapsed. Yeah. So those three R's I, I've, I've, I've kept. And so when I've had the chance to go out to uh, 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 attend chapter conferences, mm-hmm. I, I look at who the leadership uh, of of those chapter conferences are, yeah. and and uh, I have a, a fairly good eye uh, for uh, leaders. Mm-hmm. And and uh, when when you you had said when we met you were gonna invite me to yeah. your, and you kept your word. Yes, I did. And you got me out there to Spokane, I think that's where yeah. we met, That's right. and ha- had me speak and, and had me do some other things. And I just knew, even before I came out there and knew that you yeah. were president of that chapter, that here's a future leader. You know, you, you are a mom, you're professional, you know your stuff, I saw the way you, you worked I knew a little bit about you because uh, at AER, you know, we have not, not resumes or visas on, yeah. on our members, but we kind of have an idea of who our leadership mm-hmm. are. Yeah. You are respected, uh, and you were a professional at a school as well, and so I thought, let me just uh, sort of <laughs> call her Madam President-elect or Madam President and see if she would consider. <laughs> and when I asked you that, and when you said yes, and I said, oh my. And I'll say there, there, there are two of you on the board, mm-hmm. currently, mm-hmm. that I take ownership for recruiting. <laughs> you should. Uh, yeah, you and, and one other person, yeah. uh, I take ownership uh, when, 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 when folks talk about Emily, <laughs> president-elect, and, uh, and Jenny Wheeler is yeah. the other treasurer from Arizona, yeah. who invited me out to their chapter conference uh, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you see that, you, you want people to go from where they are in AER chapter, look at the international level too. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when I saw you, there was no doubt, I was gonna put that madam in front of your name. Yes. <laughs> well,
1: thank you. Mm-hmm.
2: So there's a lot of volunteer opportunities in AER. You don't have to be on a board, you can volunteer to be on a committee or work in a division. Um, why, why is it important that our members do more of those roles?
0: Yeah, it's important, uh, uh, you know, for several reasons. You know, once an AER member, we need to stay in touch. Mm-hmm. We have a very good staff at AER, and, you know, we're, we're sort of the hub in Virginia uh, of who our 3,000 or so members are. And, and we need to encourage members uh, when they're asked, or if they're, if they're not, to step up into a leadership role. Uh, whether it's a division, whether it's a committee, whether it's a board of a chapter, that when you're asked uh, to volunteer to run for it, yeah, think about it, but say yes, think about that. And then as as, you, as, as one volunteers uh, as a leader uh, in one of those entities with an AER, division, uh, a committee, chapter, and, and start growing and start seeing how your leadership uh, uh, encourages and helps that division, that committee or chapter do better, then the thinking should be, well, international board. Mm -hmm. And so we need to encourage that. There's a lot of apathy out there now about uh, volunteering and running, and there's a lot of stuff, so to speak, that's involved. But when you step up uh, and, 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 and take charge uh, uh, in terms of leading it it, sh- it gives an example of others uh, of how important that is mm-hmm. and if we're going to keep AER strong you know it starts at that chapter level and it, it, it begins with that division and what what divisions do to uh share with their members what's happening in the division we have 16 divisions and then at the chapter level the chapters as the chapter goes uh so AER does yeah. and so and, and we realize that volu- you're volunteers, you have daytime or nighttime jobs. But also, we need to look at uh, those we're serving, yeah. those we're pro- providing services for, blind and visually impaired individuals. And, and, and not only those who are with us now and growing up, but those who are not yet born. Yeah. We need to have, have, uh, have uh, an organization in place that's ready to take on Those who will need our services, not only now, but in the future. Mm -hmm. We'll be 35 years old in 2019. You know, yes, we will. will. Big deal. That's right. And so, you know, will will AER still be around? I certainly hope so. But it takes people like yourself and others uh, to make that happen.
2: So, part of our AER work is also to recruit people into the field of blindness to become educators, rehab counselors. Um, how, how do you approach that? Like, how do you inspire people to come into the field of blindness?
0: That, that's a biggie, you know, it, it is. And, and uh, I, I think back, uh, you know, in 1970, when I was at Michigan State University as a, as a grad student, I had to take a class that, that uh, involved visiting uh, agencies, schools that serve persons with disabilities. And one of the three I chose was the Michigan School for the Blind. And so when I went out there with my professors, and saw these blind kids in the gymnasium, yeah. doing things I didn't think they could do, and here I was a phys ed major, I thought I want to learn more about how to teach blind children. Yeah. So, I came through the back door. Many of us did, yeah. but but the recruitment is 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 key. Uh, you know, it starts with families. It starts with friends. It starts with colleagues. It means getting out there uh, uh, to high schools at career days and promoting what we do. It means talking, word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And when, when you're asked what do you do, you know, talk about it. Yeah. And often people will say, oh, that must be a rewarding. And yes, it is, but you can tell them more about what it means. Mm-hmm. And for AER, the first part of recruitment is getting folks into the field, yeah. whether they're seasoned professionals rehabilitation, teachers. Talk to them about what's in this field. Yeah. And if they're, if they're uh, folks going off, on the school, think about special education, but specifically uh, uh, blindness. So we have to talk it up. We have to be good examples of that. And, and I think if, if we as individuals do that uh, and talk about it with our friends, with our families, that we'll get more folks interested in our field And coming into it because we know we're dealing with shortages as you well know and 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 that's huge and and when if we don't take care of that shortage then who will be the individuals who will be working with our students and our clients who need the specialization that we get from the University to be able to teach and to be able to rehabilitate persons who are blind and vision impaired.
2: If you, could say, if you could say a couple things to every brand new TVI in the country, um, what would you say to them? What advice would you give them?
0: Remember how you came into the field and turn that into a story. People tend to like stories. And talk about what was it that was the impetus for you to say, I want to teach, or I want to be in rehabilitation of blind first. So tell your story. Mm-hmm. Tell your story. Your story is important. It's, it's important. And you may not think it is, yeah. but it is. As people start listening to a story, they'll say, oh my, there may be something that clicks in them mm-hmm. that, yeah, I, I, maybe I could do this too. Mm-hmm. So tell your story, number one. Number two, when you're professional, be the best professional you can, whether you're in a specialized school, whether you're, you're an itinerant in terms of education, do the very best you can. Collaborate with others, mm-hmm. and that's key. Coordinate and, and cooperate, but collaboration mm-hmm. is as big. So collaborate with others and work with us. The majority of our blind sh- children are taught in public schools. Yeah. And so we need to make sure we have people who know, know the field to work with those youngsters. Uh, that's key and then uh, the third thing is, is is when you're in the field uh, uh, be a, be a promoter and and in the whole the end of the spectrum you know from the babies to to uh, to those high school college uh, seniors uh, it, it, the whole thing is, is is get a job that's what we're wanting our youngsters, as they come up, just like we, when you finish high school or finish college, get a job. So that's yeah. that end part. Get them in there and, and help them to know what it's gonna take uh, for our students, our clients, to do well, to get a job, do well in their jobs, yeah. and, and, and to reach out and, and uh, look at other things that, uh, that they can do as well
2: so the the field seems to change you know the change happens all the time um what are some of the challenges you think we face going forward
0: well you know that, that that's a good question too and when i think about that i can't but help think about uh you know when i came into the field and changes have been mostly what is it what else can complement the the education of Blind and visually impaired persons with blind and visually impaired, and and when I came into the to the field, one of the big things was the was the, the was the little cassette tape recorder. Oh,
1: <laughs>
0: the cassette <laughs> You're dating tape. Yourself. Yeah, yeah. Dating myself, <laughs> but that was a big change then, and and then as technology uh, began to uh, increase, it was important that uh, we in the blindness field, consumers and others. Uh, talk to researchers about technology that you make it accessible to our students our individuals so they can have the same access as sighted or hearing people had and so today then uh, uh, you know I I sort of have and it's a privilege to to start out where I was Mm -hmm. you know with a Braille writer and and uh, with the old Mount Batten braille yeah. that came in, the, the cassette tapes, the opticon, the Kurzweil reader, and look where we are today, mm-hmm. where we are today with with you know iPads, iPhones, uh, uh, all kinds of devices that are accessible yeah. to blind and visually impaired persons. Yeah. So we got to keep up, and 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 I can remember uh, one of the first classes I had at Michigan State University, and I was already a, you know a teacher when I came there. Uh, I had this professor from, from London, Professor Sykes, and he was asking, you know, why, why are you in this field? And so I told him about my experience at the School for the Blind, seeing blind kids in, in their physical education classes. Yeah. And so we turned around and asked him, and we said, well, P- Professor Sykes, you know, why are you in the field? Yeah. And He said, well, when I was a young boy growing up in London, uh, my brother and I, you know, we, we were from a, kind of a poor family. And it was a time when there were lots of blind beggars on the corners. And we would go up and steal the blind beggars' money from their cans. Wow! He said, and after I grew up, I felt guilty. Yeah. and thought, what can I do to pay back? Mm-hmm. So I thought, let me go into the blindness field. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, a, a great story, you yeah. know, of what turned out to be a terrible thing. <laughs> yeah. He came back to, to, to pay it back. And so, uh, uh, you know that that's I I think uh, uh, is important to to to, to talk about uh, uh, what you do and and to uh, uh, enjoy what you do. And, and, And I'll always say that, you know, the students that I had and with whom I worked, you know, they they gave me a lot more than I gave them.
2: Well, um, when you retire at the end of this year, you'll, of course, be missed. But like I said, we will still be calling and texting you.
0: <laughs> well, I hope so. And, and uh, it was a big decision for me. and It didn't come just like that. I thought about it for a year. And, uh, you know, I think one will know when it's time and, and it's time. And, and I have some limitations as well. I know that. Uh, it's not those limitations that are, that are causing me to retire, but... But we need folks like you, Emily, <laughs> uh, to grow in the field and and, and 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 become those of us who are leaving. And when I came in the field, there were those giants that I emulated. Bill English was one. Yeah. Uh, and others. I thought, my, I'll never be like they are. And all of a sudden, here I am. Yeah. Uh, you know, where did those 40-some years go? Yeah. They went by. <laughs> so uh, I'm just grateful that I had the opportunity to be in this field mm-hmm. and uh, would not hesitate for, to, to say to anyone, this is a great field to be in, and, and if you have an opportunity to, to be in it, do it. Do we have challenges? Yes, we do, that's with any field. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but respect those with whom you're working, and, and, and I think that respects through uh, uh, making the effort to, to work together, collaborate, Uh, when you have differences, to try to work those out as best you can. And so that's been what I've tried to do. I've done well sometimes. Sometimes I haven't done so well. (laughs) But uh, uh, that hasn't kept me from from at least taking the opportunity uh, and the the, the desire to do that. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, I was going to ask you if you had any final inspirational words, but I think you just gave them. (laughs)
0: So, was there anything else you wanted to say? The, the only thing I would say that when, when, you, when you're in the field, no matter what level you are, there are three other things to do. and Those are three Ds. You do it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or you delegate it, mm-hmm. or you dump it. Yeah. So do it means you can do it and do it well. Delegate it, give it to someone else. If they do better than what you did, you know, just cheer them on. Yeah. But if it's not worth your time or their time, then dump it. I like it. Words. I yes. like it. <laughs>
2: I take that one. All right, we're done. Well,
0: thank you.
1: Do you know an infant or toddler in Texas who may have a vision problem? They may qualify for free services. Support from a teacher of students with visual impairment may increase a child's success in school and life. Call 817-740-7530 to find out more. That's 817-740-7530.
2: International has many chapters, including a chapter in our very own state. Texas AER board member Dr. Shannon Darst is here to inspire us to be a part of TAER.
3: My name is Shannon Darst. I am a, an assistant professor at Stephen F. Austin State University and an adjunct professor at Texas Tech University. For TAER, this is my second term as treasurer. I'm in the middle of it. Um, so I'll have this year and the next year. So why why do you think it's important for people to be involved with uh, TAER? I find that being a member of a professional organization uh, gives me the opportunity to connect with people in my field that are in my state. Um, And because we are a chapter of an international uh, professional organization, when we have these international meetings, I get to connect with people from all over the world. And anybody who participates in those conferences and in the the other activities that come along with with AER, uh, that's like invaluable as far as growing as a professional. Um, Here in Texas, it's really nice to be able to meet people across the state um, and know what's going on in different parts of the state, you know, what districts and and region service centers are, are doing Uh, professional development activities or um, you know maybe helping to gather stakeholders to sponsor legislation there's a lot of different um, aspects to being part of this organization that I find to be helpful.
2: Does your board seek out uh, volunteers pretty frequently? Is it hard
3: for you to get people to join committees (laughs) and to be on the board? Um, I giggle yes Uh, you would be surprised because Texas is huge and we have a large membership I don't know the number but it's It's in the hundreds Mm -hmm. um yeah trying to find people um who want to commit and it's usually not a lot of time commitment but it's Mm -hmm. a little bit of a time commitment uh, who are willing to commit for a long term uh committee you know committee membership or even to be on the board Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it's hard but once we get somebody on board Mm -hmm. they usually want to stay and they usually want to continue to help We are, at this point, asking for anyone if they would like to come and be a part of our committees. Uh, We have a conference coming up soon, so um, we have committees that are helping to plan that. um, But we're also trying to find some more innovative ways to involve people across the state. Um, Social meetups, um, happy hours, um, any kind of like, maybe webinars or professional development or even um, study groups Mm -hmm. that we could... Um, somehow help to organize across the state Uh, so yeah anybody that's listening to this um, we would be really happy to have other people get involved with committees or with other aspects of TAER. Great you mentioned your upcoming conference why don't you tell us a little more about that. Yes uh, so we have an annual conference for TAER and it's We have it in different large cities across the state. This year it's going to be in San Antonio. Um, It's March 28th through the 30th, so that's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, And our theme, the conference theme, is Be the Light. So we are talking about, um, we're looking for presentations, we're looking for um, people to come and volunteer to help out during the conference with registration, um, selling shirts and hats, Helping with room monitor uh, activities. So, mm-hmm. if um, if anybody listening to this is interested, we can you can get a hold of us. Registration is open right now. Um, our website is www.txaer.org. We have the registration information for the conference. Mm-hmm. We have the hotel. The link to the hotel. It's going to be at the Omni in San Antonio. Also on there, uh, we have a place where you can nominate uh, colleagues for awards. Oh, we great. give away awards every year and that's mm-hmm. a really it's a nice way to recognize people for doing outstanding work in our field. Yeah. Um, that is on our website as well. At the bottom there's going to be uh, a link to there's a treasurer link, there's a webmaster link Okay. Um, and then there's a president link and so all of those any of those emails will work if you're interested in trying to volunteer
2: Now is TAER on social media
3: as well? We are. We have a Facebook page and we have a Twitter feed. Um, The Facebook page, if you look under, it's going to be Texas AER. Okay, That's what you would look for under Facebook. And I think the Twitter handle is TXAER if I'm not mistaken. Um, But definitely you can find us on Facebook. Uh, We have pictures from past conferences. We have people asking questions, people answering questions, kind of forum-like on there. So uh, definitely check that out.
2: Thanks to Shannon and Lou for their leadership and for their demonstration of the AER core values. As the newly elected president of AER, I plan to lead through the lens of our membership alongside Executive Director Janie Blom. Speaking of membership, if you're curious, please go to aerbvi.org to find out more. If you're already a member or would like to be, reach out to me anytime. With that AER plug aside, from the TSBBI Outreach Program and A Sense of Texas, I'm Emily Coleman. See you next time.
1: This has been a presentation of the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired Outreach Department. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics to cover in future episodes, please contact us at podcast at tsbvi.edu.